Today, we have a short story by the talented Niha Novakane, or Nimwetra, in which most people know her by. The story being narrated today is the beginning of her ongoing campaign called False Prophet. If you'd like to read more as she releases, you can find her at nimwetraemberfire.tumblr.com, or you can contact her on her live stream at twitch.tv forward slash Niha Novakane. So, without further ado, False Prophet by Nimawetra. The sun had set on the sands of Voldoon. Vulpira settlements in the distance were now clearly visible amidst darkened surroundings. Fighting the winds that blew against her mask, the Magistrix made her way to a small Vulpira encampment nearby. As the pale-haired woman approached, a small hooded figure greeted her, seeming to look upward, perhaps to meet her gaze. The Sindori dipped her fingers in her dimensional satchel and brought forth a purse, tossing it to the small creature. At the jingle of the coin, red fur-lined ears perked up. Tiny hands caught the purse effortlessly, even in the darkness. The small Vulpira revealed herself and gestured towards the makeshift rest area near her caravan where others like her were resting for the night. The red-maned Vulpira introduced herself as Rena, and even though there was a possibility that she may never see the lively creature again, she still committed the name to memory. Others nearby weren't quite so warm towards the foreigner in their lands eyeing her gear from head to toe as she took a seat near the fire. The mage watched as Rena poured a bowl of soup from a pot and offered it to the magistrix. The blood mage pulled her mask down to smile and thank the woman, and looked down into the cup to blow the steam away and gingerly took a sip of the liquid within. Rena smiled back and nodded to the mage, walking towards the mobile tent, leaving the mage to herself. After a few moments, however, the Vulpira woman, who seemed to be the owner of the caravan, drew the curtains of the vehicle aside. Light poured softly onto the sands outside, catching them Wager's attention. The mage lifted her head to look in the direction of the door, and to her surprise found a company of Sethrak within, talking to each other about something. It was already difficult to understand them because of their manner of speaking, but this time, it did not help that they seemed to be whispering to each other within the confines of a portable Vulpira home. Emerald eyes squinted in their direction to better see the words their mouths formed. Nothing. Rina drew the curtains closed soon after causing the Magistrix to give up and finish her soup, putting the cup down on a nearby table as she did so. She remained seated, folding her arms across her chest and appeared as if she were resting, but her glowing emerald orbs paid close attention to the drawn curtains for the Sethorak to emerge from within. Hours passed. The mage almost started nodding off in her chair, leaning back against a large boulder behind her seat. She was a light sleeper lately, traversing dangerous lands, and so the noise would almost jolt her awake. Her silver-blue eyebrows rose at the sight. At last, the Sethorak trio had exited the caravan and walked away from the camp. Donning her mask once more, the mage silently crept behind them, trying to hear their conversation. 
Among the murmurs and hisses, the magistrate had learned that the company was obviously Warwick's men, and that the Volpira were not consorting with the Faithless anymore. Relieved, she kept following them closely. So, the exile was the one hoping to speak with us, said one of them, twisting its neck back to the others. A shudder ran down the mage's spine at the unusual sight. The woman kept a good distance between her and the trio to avoid being detected at the expense of losing sight of them. Yes, one of them has found a shard of some sort. Evidence of blood and copper inlays on it made it look of value to those hemomancers. Turning it away was probably for the best, replied another. The magistrates grew intrigued as she kept listening. She struggled to do so as they were going further and further away from her position. A Zandalari exile bargaining with Vorik's company? He's... Speaking with more exiles, but it seems they're refusing to work with them as well. The Zendelari have bound to the Atulaman, was all she heard before they disappeared into the night. There we are, a lead. The company seemed to have headed towards the Terrace of the Devoted, so she thought to herself to look there if she so needed to eavesdrop on another conversation or to confront them. The Magistrix brought comms to her lips to speak into it, but the connection there was unstable for the moment. She first tried the comm to the Div and relayed as much as she could before the signal died. Another attempt was made to speak with Karolovos as soon as possible repeating what she had experienced and heard from the night so far. Then, her thoughts went to someone she had offered help to in recent times. Knowing that her daughter's health was poor, the mage had traveled this far to try and remedy the ailing girl back to her lively self. She paused for a moment and thought back to the last time they had spoke to Van Analesh Manor and the injury that followed. Her eyes closed at the recollection of images within her mind. The thoughts, the whispers, the convulsions the captain had suffered. Then nothing. Word had traveled to the mage then that her daughter tried to force the shadows out of herself by going on a pilgrimage to the Sunwell, a place the Magistrix herself has not visited since coming in contact with the heart. Of course, the mage felt guilt but there was no time to think about it now. Nimawadra brought the calm to her lips and tried to contact the cove. Thank you everyone for listening to Niha's story. She's a very innovative writer with unique perspective that captures the imagination. I hope everyone enjoyed the story. Thank you and we will see you next time.